Well, this morning we are preparing, right, for Thanksgiving. It's coming up in just a few short days. I was reminded already when I went to the grocery store yesterday just to pick up a few small items for our dinner last night, um, how much longer the lines are at the grocery store this time of year. But it is a wonderful time for our country as we celebrate, but for us as well as Christians. And so this week and next week, we'll be talking about what it means to give thanks. This morning, we're going to kick off going right into our scripture. And we're reading this morning from the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter. It's a a familiar story, um, but it's a powerful one. So hear now from the Gospel of John. After this, Jesus went across the Galilee Sea, that is the Tiberias Sea. A large crowd followed him because they had seen the miraculous signs he had done among the sick. Jesus went up a mountain and sat there with his disciples. It was nearly time for Passover, the Jewish festival. Jesus looked up and saw the large crowd coming toward him, and he asked Philip, Where will we buy food to feed these people? Jesus said this to test him, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, more than a half year's salary worth of food wouldn't be enough for each person to have even a little bit. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, a youth here has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that for a crowd like this? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass there. They sat down, about 5,000 of them. Then Jesus took the bread. When he had given thanks, he distributed it to those who were sitting there. He did the same with the fish, each getting as much as they wanted. When they had plenty to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather up the leftover pieces so that nothing will be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves that had been left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw that he had done a miraculous sign, they said, This is truly the prophet who is coming into the world. Jesus understood that they were about to come and force him to be their king. So he took refuge again, alone on a mountain. Well, as I said, it is Thanksgiving week. It is a week filled with family and friends and fellowship and football and food, right? Lots and lots of food. What's the one thing you can't live without at Thanksgiving? What type of food do you have to have on your table? Turkey. Oh, everybody was at once. Okay, I heard turkey. I heard dressing, pumpkin pie. Sweet potatoes, with or without marshmallows? Oh, all right. I like the variety we have here. All right. right. Mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Got to have some mac and cheese. Put some bacon in that mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Right? It's all about the food. We're we're preparing the menu. We're getting set. We're we're counting heads to see how many mouths we are going to have to feed. And I don't know if this happens in your family or not, but it seems inevitable that on Wednesday, whoever is hosting goes into a panic. What if there's not enough? Right? You start to freak out. What if there's not enough? Okay, I know I've planned and I've thought through, but oh my gosh, there's going to be a lot of people here. What if there's not enough? And so you start planning that extra side dish, right? Just in case, I'll just add one more thing to the menu. 
and then maybe there will be enough. But there's always enough, right? There's, there's always more than enough. It's always like pouring out from the table. There's not room for everything. And I think almost every year as a child growing up, my grandmother would go back into the kitchen when cleanup started and open the fridge and go, well, by golly, we forgot to put out the deviled eggs. <laughs> or whatever it was, right? Something was forgotten. But we never knew because there was plenty of food to be had. Now, I know Thanksgiving, right, it's, it's a secular holiday. It's, it's something that we celebrate in our country. We don't have to be Christian to celebrate Thanksgiving. But we know that as we gather at that table, right, that something holy is happening. That the enough of thanksgiving points us back to the enough of God. The abundance that we see on that table, the richest and heartiest of foods, reminds us of the riches of God and those hearty helpings of love and grace and mercy and forgiveness that we get every day. That we get new each and every day. And we know that we, as followers of Christ, at some point in our lives have experienced this abundance of God, this, this pouring out of God into our lives. We've seen it. We've felt it. It has transformed our lives. And yet, how often do we become like that frantic host on the day before Thanksgiving and wonder, is it really enough. God, is it really, do you really have enough for me? Is there enough forgiveness to redeem even my darkest of sins? Is is there enough grace to cover even my greatest doubts and uncertainties? Is there enough love to make up for all those times when I have failed to love? God, is there enough when I look at at the great needs of, of my family and of my friends and of my work and of this world, how can there ever be enough? And that's what I love about this story today from John's gospel. It actually, it appears in every gospel, all four of them, which is rare. So we have to take a little bit stronger note. Because we hear this question echoed, right? Is there enough? And so the scene is set, right? The crowds have followed Jesus to this place. They are anxious and longing to see and experience something powerful, something miraculous from this great prophet and teacher. But they've been with him all day, and so you know that they are growing tired and hungry. 
Now, I'm not sure there's an Aramaic equivalent to hangry, um, but if there was, I think that's what the disciples would have been worried about, right? This group of people getting quite hangry as the day goes on. What are they going to do? Well, Jesus knows. He's, he's known what he's going to do since before the crowds even gathered. But he wants to see how closely his disciples have been paying attention. And so he asks, where will we buy food for these people? And Philip, oh, poor Philip, he fails the test pretty quickly. <laughs> says, there is no way, there's not enough money that we could gather to buy food to fill this place. But then Andrew pipes up, right? And we think, oh, I've, Andrew's got it. He's got it. He says, but Lord, look, this, this boy, this youth has five loaves of bread and, and two fish. But then he throws in that little caveat. But what good is that for a crowd like this? What good is that for a crowd like this? I see, I see Andrew almost throwing his hands up in the air. He's frustrated and, and sad that he doesn't have more to offer. I mean, he's looking at what is in his hands, and he's looking at the need before him, and what good is that? I've asked myself that question before. What good is that for a crowd like this? What, what good is this little that I have when the need is so great? What good am I for this world that needs so much? What little could I offer? What good is that for a crowd like this? Well, Jesus doesn't hesitate, does he? He goes right into it. He says, okay, have everyone go and sit down. And then did you hear we got this little descriptor right in there? It said there was plenty of grass in that place. And I just have to laugh every time I read that part because I think, okay, we're getting this little teaser of what's to come right? That God's abundance is coming even in the grass. That thousands of people have somehow managed to come to a place where in that region it might have been mostly rocky and dusty, but have come to a place where there is plenty of grass for them all to sit and get ready for the meal. And then Jesus takes the bread and he takes the fish, he blesses it, and he distributes it. He gives it out. And people can take as much as they want. They get as much as they want. Now we're told also that this was near the season of Passover, and so for these people, as they're preparing for Passover, and now they receive what they need as much as they want, 
They start making connections back to the times and the places when God has provided for them. And they remember when their people generations ago were wandering in the wilderness. And they needed and God provided. They were able to to go out, right, and gather the manna enough for each day. God provided then, and now God provides again. There was enough then, and there is enough now. But actually, it kind of, it goes beyond that, right? Because after the people have eaten and had their fill, when they have had plenty, Jesus instructs them to to gather up the leftovers. And it's enough to fill 12 baskets. It's not just that there was enough. There was more than enough. It's not just that there was an abundance, but there was, as theologian Sam Wells calls it, a superabundance. And it distinguishes them from their generations past in the wilderness If you remember, they were just to gather enough for that day. And the leftovers, if they kept any, rotten the next morning. But now Jesus has come to say that even the leftovers are here for us. The leftovers are not insignificant. They won't be abandoned Even the leftovers, even those things that seem lost or neglected, even those things that are pulled out and put back and pulled out and put back are still important for Jesus. I don't know if it's true for you, but Thanksgiving leftovers are some of the best. (laughs) When you make that turkey sandwich on Friday afternoon, big pieces of white bread, and you scoop on those sweet potatoes, and then that squash casserole that's had like an extra day to really soak in the flavor. Oh, Thanksgiving leftovers. (laughs) They're good. (laughs) See what? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm, I'm making you hungry. Sorry. The leftovers, they're not insignificant. They continue to, to feed us for days after the meal. They're not lost. They're gathered up, and they're saved. The leftovers... Whether it's the food or whether it's us when we feel left over, will not be wasted. And so we see this picture of this abundant feast with Jesus. A people gathered wishing and hoping to experience something amazing from Jesus. A table set on a, 
on a grassy hillside and enough food to go around, enough food to fill even the hungriest bellies, to be satisfied. I imagine the the conversations that happen as that bread is passed from family to family. And as they break the bread together and share stories and, and laughter just echoes across the hillside. And then that collective sigh, ah, when the meal is over. An abundant feast for the people to share. It's not really that different from our upcoming feast, right? We gather together, wishing and hoping for a wonderful experience. We may be able to see family that we haven't seen in a long time. There may be kids home from college, maybe cousins in from out of state. We may be hopeful that, that a relationship that has been rocky or broken might be reconciled at that Thanksgiving table. Or it might be that this is the first year where a a chair will be empty. And so we hope to experience joy even in the midst of our pain. We set our tables not necessarily on grass. I mean, maybe your family does, but um, we set our tables and, and we put all the comforts and the frills that we can find And we squeeze as many chairs around the table as we can. I know as a kid, I was always stuck in the corner seat, right? But we all wanted to be at the same table. And so you squeeze together and you make it work. And then you share in that meal. You give thanks and you break bread together. And you tell stories and you laugh. And even if you've heard the same story every Thanksgiving since you were three years old, you still smile and you laugh. And as you sit back and sigh at the end of the meal, you think, oh, right here. This is it. This is enough. This is more than enough. But the trouble comes, as it tends to do. Right? That moment passes, and soon we forget. We pack up the leftovers, and we start to make our Black Friday plans. And what was once enough becomes a little lacking. Now, we're not alone in our forgetting. The disciples, the disciples who were there, who witnessed this miraculous multiplying of the loaves and of the fishes, immediately following, go out on a boat in the sea, 
The wind starts picking up. They get scared. Jesus isn't with them, but then they see him walking on water. They are afraid, and they want to pull him into the boat with them. They forget just that quickly. They forget that Jesus is enough, that Jesus has enough to cover them for every situation they could possibly find themselves in. They have seen it right there, and yet they forget So do we. We forget that there's enough. Because we look in our hands and we see what we have and we think there's no way this is enough. But that's the problem, right? That we're looking in our hands. To find enough. When what we need to do is hand it over into the hands of Christ. Just as the disciples handed over the loaves and the fish, so we hand over to Christ. Because what is not enough in our hands is more than enough. In the hands of Jesus. Jesus takes what we have to offer and says, this is more than enough. Jesus takes our lives and says, you are enough. Jesus says, when you give your life to me, I will take it and transform it, and it becomes more than enough to make a difference in the lives of those you know, to make a difference in the lives you don't know, to make a difference in the life of the kingdom on earth. That any sense of scarcity is wiped away in the hands of Jesus who says, this is my abundance. That not only do I have enough to pour out to you, you are enough for me. In the hands of Christ, we are enough. There is enough. And so we give thanks for an abundant feast. Christ, our King. And today we have the opportunity to gather at our own table. To gather at this table of simple gifts, much like the young boys, bread and fish. So we gather at a table with bread and juice. It doesn't seem like much. But then Jesus takes the bread and he gives thanks and he breaks the bread. He says, this is my body given for you. My body broken for love And for grace, enough to cover you, do this in remembrance of me.
And he takes the cup and he gives thanks. And then he gives it to us. And this is my cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. A promise that I give to you that I have enough and that you are enough. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we come to feast at the table, a table that is overflowing with the love and grace and mercy and forgiveness of God extended to us all. Will you pray with me? Holy Lord, our God, pour out your Holy Spirit on these, your gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood, that we may go out into the world as your body, us too redeemed. As we come to feast at this table, show us your abundance. May we experience your presence in this place more than enough available to us all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.